eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For all For all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up, guys? It's Matt and Justin. You're tuned into Golden Spaces and Odyssey Original Podcast. And we're not as lively as tonight because Justin's a little disappointed about his. It's a parlay, right? Justin? <laughs> well, exposed me, yeah. 24 legs, hit 22 out of 24. Needed one more clay assist, one more Draymond assist, and it would have been a nice little payday there, but... I don't know what most of that language means, but I know that you have to hit a number of things and you miss like that missed out on like two things. Well, you didn't miss out, but the players like Dre was short one assist, and what was the other one? And Clay was short one assist. Yeah. So pretty much wow. how many assists did Clay need? He only needed two assists. <laughs> he literally <laughs> and, I, and I specifically remember a play where he dropped it off to Looney and Looney missed the first rebound, got the rebound, missed the first shot, got the rebound back and laid it in. And I'm like, bro. He needed you to make the first one, my guy. Yeah, one uh, play to get two assists sometimes like, ah! That's what I'm saying. That was a little dicey. And it was one of those things I needed Laurie Markkinen to not score 25 points, and he finished with 24. I was like, oh, this is destined. This is this is going to hit. And oh, man. <laughs> and it didn't hit. The basketball gods or gambling gods did not deliver for you on this Black Friday, probably because it's no longer Black Friday. They needed to play a little bit earlier. Yeah. Oh, Justin, I feel for you. But our dubs did win. Yeah. I mean, they they got a good win. They essentially, they you know, the Jazz made a run in the second half, but they never really, you know, got that close. You know, they took the lead, actually. But, I mean, once – once the Warriors got the lead back and kind of extended it, it was over from there. So it was a good win against a, a good team. This, a, the Jazz have been a good road team this year, too. So great A win. very good team win. Really good team win For sure. all around. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into the game, and then we can talk about individual players. But, I mean, just for the most part, the 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 – the main six that you need to play well <laughs> mm-hmm. played well tonight, right? For sure. Yeah. They, they defended well in the first half, especially the jazz kind of were on the, the bad end of shooting variants. They just didn't hit a lot of shots in the first half. They started to hit them in the second half, but um, yeah, everybody did the job they're supposed to do. I mean, splash bros combined for, tw- combined for 12 threes. Both of them are pretty much at 50% from three in this game. Jordan finally came along, even though his shot's still coming along, his three-point shot's still coming along. But other than that, he played a really complete game, moving the ball, scoring when he needed to. Um, Draymond's just doing what he does, just complete, um, you know, impacting the game without putting up a bunch of numbers in the stat sheet, even though he did fill the stat sheet up a little bit. Looney, monster on the boards. It was just, yeah, good all-around win. And, you know, that's all you can ask for at this point. Jermichael Green with eight tonight? He had – he he was finished. I mean, they were just setting him up. It was pretty much 
essentially wide open layups, but he did have two where he was in traffic and he dunked on Walker Kessler, who was a pretty good shot blocker, um, the rookie from from Utah. So he was playing with a lot of force today, still waiting for him to hit a, another three. I think he hit one, he hit last one game. in the last game. Yeah, yeah still waiting for him to kind of get his three point shot together. But because it's looking like he's just shooting it and he don't know if it's going to go in or not. Like he just kind of, um, you know, <laughs> just hoping it goes in. But yeah. Everybody, everybody, I can't really say anybody had a, a subpar game. Only eight minutes for Lamb tonight. Yeah. Um I think that's just how 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 it went. It wasn't necessarily other he wasn't playing great, but I don't think he was necessarily playing terrible. He did miss, miss like a few rotations. He was kind of like out of position and Draymond had to get on him. But other than that, I think that the guys were just playing well. Um so they just played them extended minutes. And, you know, as you can see, Kaminga had 13 minutes instead of his normal, like, six. So he got that second rotation that Lamb would probably usually get. And he, you know, he played well. He didn't he didn't take a shot, but he did all the little things, screening hard, rolling, attacking the glass on both ends, just being active and, you know, doing all the things that Curry likes to see. So he got that second rotation. 25 minutes for Jordan tonight. 20 minutes for Dante. Um, <laughs> so, how, I was going to say something smart and then I decided not to. Um, but I might come back to it. Um, how, like, in the, in the, in Dre's post game after the last game, I think it was his post game. I don't know, but he talked a lot about, you know, the need, like, to kind of like get Jordan set up in that second unit and um, essentially, and like, that would be like a focus for him. Um, do you think that at all is, I mean, cause I mean, Dre's been now with that second unit now for the last couple of games, but do you think that's part of what's helping pool to, to play better? I mean, you thought he was a little in his head anyway. Both. Um, he's definitely helping him out. This game in particular, you see a lot of screen handoffs, rescreen, just to kind of get the mismatch that Jordan needs. And then he can play his full game. He doesn't have to worry about like setting other guys up and all that type of stuff. Like he knows Draymond's going to take care of that and the offense is going to take care of that. And a lot of the times the offense is designed for Jordan to get a shot. Um, so you saw Draymond being able to bring the ball up the court, get the ball up quick and get them into their sets, those sets that in particular are designed for Jordan to shoot. And they did that plenty of times um, tonight, and he got a lot of good shots, mid-ranges, pull-ups, um, stuff like that. But as as you can see, or as you saw like in the game where he hit his first three, he started looking at his hand, um, and then he missed, I want to say, his next, I don't know, however many, and then he finally hit one again in the second half. And he kind of threw his hands up, like, finally, you know, that's how you that kind of lets you know, like, he's thinking about it, like thinking about missing shots and how it's kind of getting to him a little bit. So I'll definitely say, you know, Draymond was needed. That insertion of Draymond was needed in the second unit to get Jordan going. And then he also has to just get out of his own head and just play his game and trust the work that he puts in. But he looks happier tonight. Better body language. For sure. And and. I mean, he had a better game, you know, just like last part I said, I feel like that that bad body language is directly tied to him not playing up to the standard that he set for himself. And he had a much better game uh, tonight. And, you know, his body language is much better. So once he plays even better, he'll be even happier. You know what I mean? So I, I never really bought into him being upset because he's not starting and stuff like that. Like maybe he is, but I don't think it's, he'll be demonstrative to this demonstrative with it. Like, I don't think that's the case with him, you know? Okay. Um, I think every episode until I see more Moody, I'm going to talk about the fact that we don't see Moody because her <laughs> said some bullshit today. Did you, or was it, I don't know if it was today, but did you see how he was just like, Oh, well he said, the fouling and his turnovers. And so that's what's keeping him out the rotation. He said that before. I don't know if was that the same no, excerpt or he, he said it again. again. He doubled down on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think Moody will end up playing later on in the season or like he'll be, he'll get a rotation spot later on in the season when he gets a shot and shows that he can do you know the things that he can do. 
But again, I mean, it's just tough. They have so many perimeter players. It's tough for Moody to crack that rotation. He would essentially have to take Dante's spot, and um, it's up there. I mean, if they're going to put Draymond in the second unit, the the need for Dante is kind of like lowered a little bit as far as somebody that can, you know, just keep the offense flowing and be that, you know, be that kind of point for that second unit. Uh, but Dante did have a, a pretty good game today. He plays defense. He plays pass lanes well. But I don't see anything that he's doing that Moody can't do. Um, it's just a matter of like. If Dante's playing well, then there's really no reason to, other than, that. yeah, there's no reason to disrupt that other than Moody's development, like prioritizing Moody's development. Um, so, and at this point, I don't think Steve is like prioritizing development over any vets right now after what happened in the beginning of the season. Uh, so it's, it's just going to be tough for Moody to crack the rotation. It's, it is what it is, but it's, it's just unfortunate for him. When and if Andre does come back, where is he going to fit in? Um, That's a good question. Maybe he'll take some of Lamb's minutes. Uh, Maybe some of Jermichael, depending on how Jermichael's playing. Because, you know, you can just always just slide Draymond up. And Andre has no issue getting down low and, and banging with some of the bigger players. Uh, So I don't think he'll be like a consistent 10-minute-a-game guy whenever he plays. He'll probably get one rotation and see how that looks and maybe he'll get a second one depending on how the game is going but not really sure if he'll be like a consistent fixture in the in the rotation anyway in the lineups but to the extent lamb provides spacing they lose some of that with andre coming back on the floor right potentially um he said his shot's feeling good we'll see how he how he shoots the ball <laughs> like we know andre is like he's streaky like he can hit a few and he's super smart, so he's he's one of those guys where okay, you you don't play me at the three, then he does a lot of the things that Draymond does with the handoffs, and he can attack a closeout and stuff like that, even if it's a weak closeout. So uh, I have no issues with Andre being out there, you know. No, I certainly don't either. I'm just like, I can't remember. Did we have like lineups in the past with Andre and Dre? I'm sure we did, but. I'm trying to think about like the other personnel on the court. Um, you mean like the non, the the before KD came? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was always it was Steph Clay and Harrison that were the the spacers. But as far as like the death lineup goes, um, yeah, and that's people don't really realize like we talk they talk about like how the Warriors' offense was just so loaded always, but it really was just I mean, first and foremost Steph. Create, create a lot of um, havoc for the other team, and then Clay his, you know his shooting, his spacing as well is just two all-time great shooters just kind of carrying a bad spacing lineup with just like shot making and stuff like that. So people don't realize how much they covered up. That's why I'm like people Warriors were never that deep, and also they they were never this. I don't know. They were not. I said they 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 had a really great defense. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And and yeah, I was I was gonna say they were they were deep in a different way than people like to. Typically, you associate depth with like a bunch of people who can score or a bunch of people that can fill the stat sheet. They they've been deep in terms of like a bunch of defenders, you know, a lot of wings, a lot of people that can pass and just do the role player stuff. And then they've just offensively been carried by Steph and Clay to an extent for the entirety of the dynasty other than obviously the KD years, it just, it, it boosted the, the offense up to match that defense. And then other than that, it's been establishing a baseline of a top five, top three defense in the league. And then you got Steph to, you know, provide all the offense that you essentially need to win uh, at the highest level. Where do you think ultimately this defense is going to be this year? Top 10 at the end of the season, for sure. Whether they creep up into the top five, they're going to have to go on a crazy run, similar to the one they went to, they went on at the beginning of last season. Um, and it's going to have to be like a month to two months of them being essentially a top three defense in the league by a comfortable margin for them to rise up. But I do think when the playoff starts, if they have, you know, the pieces that they need, essentially adding one more front court player for the bench, I think going into the play, postseason, they they should be a top five defense, like at least. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. I don't really care how they finish 
excuse me, sorry, overall for the year. But do you think, like, that was really more my question. Like, do they have the ability to play, like, a top five defense, like, for the postseason, for an I guess? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we know the starters do. So that's essentially um, at least 24 minutes, you know, the first quarter and the third quarter. You know, that's at least 24 to 30 minutes of elite defense from them. Um, the question is, outside of that, when they go to their bench, stuff like that, do they do they have enough to be an elite defense in the playoffs? And I do think they need one more piece for that. Um, like I said, a front court player, but they got all the other pieces that they need, you know. Um, so yeah, we're just waiting on that on that extra piece. I think. Yeah, there was some more Jay Crowder rumor, rumors again, so. We'll see, I guess, um, who that extra piece might be if they do something. Um, I've always sort of been doubtful about the Warriors making any kind of like, to me, if you were adding a player like Jay Crowder or if they go after Pirtle or someone else, um, that's that's that would be a significant move for the Warriors to do midseason because they don't typically do stuff like that. So, but this is the first year I think it could actually happen. So it's going to be interesting to see since that's not something they typically do. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't made a significant trade since 2020 when they got Wiggins. Um, I can't remember the trade they made in 2021. I think they just got Wanamaker off the books for just a future draft pick or something. Yeah. And they've been, and they've never done it in a year where they're actually like contending. You know, it's like right. the Wigs year was not gonna be a year that we were competing for anything. So um yeah, it'll be interesting to see. All right, let let's break here. We have some more to talk about. You're tuned into Golden Spaces with Nat and Justin. So we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. For all NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. And we're back. It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast. Um, I feel like the dubs are stabilizing, um, Justin. And uh, that's good. You know, they've, they've, they continue to look good at home. And so we won't get into it again today, but this is why I don't understand the idea of people thinking they don't need to have home court. Um, gotta see some more away games <laughs> before, like, but even still, like, it doesn't matter if they win every other game on the road. I'm still going to say you want home court. It's just a good thing to have. So, um, but they continue to dominate at home. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy the West has not really created separation because, you said this the other day, and I knew it made sense then, but I'm really like, yeah, I want the Warriors to still finish, like, top three. And it's it's definitely possible. So they need to, like, try to go for that. Um, but, yeah, they're at 500 now, finally, Justin. The Warriors at 500. And I didn't think at this point in the season that's something that we'd be concerned about. Right. But nonetheless, it was. So the Warriors at 500. How do you feel about that? Um, like you said, if you asked me this at the beginning of the season, I'd be like, oh, that sucks. But right now I'm like, that's great because 
(laughs) (laughs) They, they were three and seven at one point, you know what I mean? So essentially since that loss that made them three and seven, they punted one game and they have gone one, two, three, four, five, six, seven and two, essentially when you take out that punted game. And that's about where we assume they would be um, from the start of the season, you know, like two losses for every seven or eight wins. Um, It's pretty good, you know, pretty good pace to be on. Now we got to see them rack up some road wins in a row and to, you know, to really feel comfortable about where they at. They should still be able to get to over 50 wins this season, right? Low end. For sure. Somewhere between Uh, 50 and 55, maybe. Right. Right. I thought 60 was in play, you know, at the beginning of the season, but that first, that first skid kind of took them out of the the running for that, unless they go on a crazy run. Um, But I do think 50 to 55 is still in play. I think the over under was 52 and a half. I think it's still safe. To, to bet the over on that. Um, and, yeah, because, I mean, they they haven't really hit their stride, hit their stride. Like, they've won two games, then lost one. Won two games and lost one. You know what I mean? Once they hit one of those seven, eight, nine game win streaks, which they're, they're for sure going to hit at some point, every team, every good team at least hits that at one point in the season. So they'll hit that and they'll start reeling off some wins and they'll it'll, it'll look a lot better in the, as far as the record goes. Now, how do you feel about some of these, like, um, historical, like, kind of facts about, like, championship teams? Like, for instance, the one where, like, no team, no championship team has sort of been under 500 after 10 games to Mm -hmm. start, whatever it was. Warriors were this year. So, like, do you, like, do you feel strongly about that? Or is it just, like, one of those? Or what would make them different, I, I suppose? I mean, the Warriors have also kind of won another year when it wasn't like they, they didn't make like one of those uh, historical kind of tests for championship teams. It was the year they went in, they went into the postseason as like, I think if they were the 11th in defense, um, they weren't technically a top 10 defense. I forget what season that was like with Katie. Yeah. And I, and I want to say last year they, they broke a record too, or they, they were like the first to do something too. It's, I mean, it's good to acknowledge those things is because you understand like, okay, typically something is causing a team to not be 500 before they hit 10 games, you know, and that is probably the reason why they didn't win a championship, not the fact that they were under 500, you know what I mean? It's just coincidence. But at the same time, you look at it and say, that's not good, you know? (laughs) So (laughs) at the end of the day, like thinking about that one in particular, it's like, okay, clearly that team that we played for the first 10 games is not going to be the team that we played for the majority of the season and the playoffs. Um, the rotation is not going to be the same, all of that, right? So you can't really take that too much into account. Um, and then ever since then, we've essentially had the reverse record of that, right? We started three and seven, and we've been seven and three ever since then. So which team do you think is really the Warriors? I'm going to go with the the second one. Um yeah, if they just build the right habits and continue to, you know, get better as a team every every game, then they should be fine. But definitely got to work to get that home court advantage, at least for the first two rounds or something like that. That'll that'll go a long way in helping them be able to break that curse, essentially. <laughs> Even yeah, though one, one, I think two teams have done it in the history of the NBA, but it's been an extremely long time since a team has done that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if they, if it ends up, if the Warriors, assuming the Warriors get back to the finals and I always talk like they will, it's definitely potentially, you know, assuming Boston stays healthy, that Boston could be the team coming out the East. Could be, could be Milwaukee. Um, I think they're the strongest two teams in the, in the East right now, but like, you know, one of those teams could have home court over, over the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think barring injury to someone on either team, mainly Giannis um, or like Tatum, something like that, they probably will have home court. I don't know if the, the gap is, you know, I don't know if the Warriors can make up the gap at this point on either of those teams just because how well they're playing and, and all that type of stuff. So 
when I'm going to just say, we're probably going to see one of those two teams. So when we see one of those two teams in the finals, I'm also going to pencil the Warriors into the finals. They're probably going to have home court and, you know, it's a typical still one of the first two games and then win all your home games and you get another chip. Shit. We all, we have 10 losses. Fuck. Boston right. has four. They have five. Yeah, you need one of them teams to kind of go on a little losing streak, which is possible. <laughs> you know that happens, yeah. like midseason, the slump, all of that bullshit. But That's I true. think I think Boston, for some reason, I feel like they're just going to finish with the number one. You know, they made it to the finals last year. They lost. They're hungry. Not saying that Milwaukee mm-hmm. isn't, but but it's sort of more like Kerr. So. I feel like he might rest guys and, you know, on Milwaukee, yeah. like, I mean, Milwaukee, Milwaukee can win when Giannis isn't playing on the floor, depending on the team. But I'm just saying that I feel Boston, like they're, I feel like they're in a year where they're like, we're trying to go for it. We're trying to be like the best at everything. I feel like teams mm-hmm. sort of, you know, have those seasons. Um, so it would be interesting to see. Um but yeah, and Phoenix, Phoenix might potentially hold on to, to one. We'll see. Um, I would love to see Phoenix though. And yeah, Phoenix is one of those teams is like, all right, y'all can get home court. Like, I don't really care. Cause y'all not going to be like, you know, they're going <laughs> to fold like they did for Luca. They're, they're going to fold. They're going to fold. Um, I'm not really worried about it. literally any team in the West. Phoenix is, you know, Phoenix is Phoenix. Look at the other. Do we feel differently about the Clippers now than we did before? No, I never really. I mean, we always acknowledge that, like, if they're healthy and whole and Kawhi is peak Kawhi, then sure, they got a shot. I still would have picked the Warriors, but sure, they got a shot. But it's it's just becoming more and more clear that peak Kawhi may be a thing of the past at this point. And them being healthy as a team is just highly unlikely at this point. They just have too well, many. He looks really good when he's on the court, but he just is not often on the court. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And I mean, that's the main thing. Like you, he can't play over three, four games in a row. Yeah. Without going out for something. Uh, maybe at some point, you know, he, he kind of gets his health together and he can reel off a, a nice little run, but you can't trust his body to hold up. Yeah. Um, even if he's on the court, uh, I don't know how he's going to look against the best of the best players in the league. Like if he gets on a switch with Steph, I don't, I don't know. Like, so hoping, hoping the best for him. Never want to see anybody hurt or all that type of stuff. But I just, I just can't see it. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. And then, so what about Memphis and Denver? Memphis is a team that definitely could pose some some issues just because they have a lot of depth, a lot of youth, and they play a style of basketball that typically gives the Warriors makes the Warriors a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but I do think, you know, a better version of Clay by the time we get to the playoffs, Steph didn't necessarily have the best series against him. Like that was probably his worst series of the playoff run last year. Um Steph after, you know, coming back from that Boston series and how he's playing this year if he's carrying that into a series against Memphis, he's going to be by far the best player on the court. And I think they will be much better, much more uh, prepared for Memphis this time around. Um, and, you know, I would definitely pick Golden State over them. And Denver, they won't be able to defend well enough to stop Golden State. Uh, I think Golden State is much more equipped to stop their offense than they are to stop Golden State's offense. And at the end of the day, they're going to have the best player in the series and stuff. So, not worried about Denver either. Other than that, can't really see a team having enough pieces to challenge the Warriors. So, not in the West, at least, right? Not um, in the West. No, I think it's Boston, Milwaukee, and Golden State. Like one of those three is going to win the championship, barring injury. Portland is uh, coming back down to earth too. They dropped from one to five. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, so let, let's talk about the Warriors next, um, few games. Um, sorry, where am I trying to get to the calendar? They played, um, the Timberwolves next, right? 
Yes, in Minnesota. In Minnesota. Okay, so this is the Wolves have been – the Wolves lost tonight too, I think. So they played tonight, right? Am I making that up? Let me double check. Um, yeah, they lost to the Hornets. Yeah. Hornets are an annoying team, right? They just, like, beat <laughs> – they give right. us freaking problems every goddamn year. I hate the Hornets. Yeah, they're they're one of those teams where they just got a a bunch of dudes that if they get hot, it's just gonna be a long night. <laughs> Kelly Oubre, twenty eight points. That's just so random. But oh, um, he's probably blowing kisses, huh? Right. Oh god. They just need to let us get PJ Washington, and we'll be just let us get him. Yeah, <laughs> just, for, just for now. <laughs> we got a fifteen roster squad. Just go ahead, let's just, you know. Forget the rules about money and all that type of stuff. Just let us get it for free. Um. <laughs> all right. So they have the wolves. Well, they have two um away games next. Um. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dallas is. They're not that good this year, but I still feel like it's always some tough games for them when they go into Dallas. Yeah, I mean Dallas is. They're just a, a strong mid-level team right now. Um, this is obviously the Luca show, but they got a they got a bunch of good players, you know, decent players around him um, that can. They're nine do, and eight though. I think only one game over five hundred. They are nine and eight, um, and it's I mean Minnesota and Dallas are the two teams that are immediately above Golden State. So if they win both of these games, then obviously they leapfrog those two teams, um, and you just hope, you know. Sacramento and Utah and the Clippers lose their next two games, stuff like that. And the Warriors can jump all the way up to like fourth or fifth just from, you know, two games. So that'll be amazing. But yeah, I would feel good about them beating Minnesota and Dallas just to like win two games on the road, you know, huge. And also with Dallas with like Luca. So Mm -hmm. I would like that because I mean, even though Dallas hasn't been that good, I would like a game with them beating like someone who has like a player like Luca on the squad. I would like Steph to outplay Luca, get the early MVP conversation <laughs> stuff uh, going. Cause I don't understand why Luca is, we'll get to that in actually next segment, but why I'm seeing this with Luca still at number one when their fucking team is where it is. But you know what I'm saying? But we, we, let's mm-hmm. talk about that in the next segment. Cause I need to sound off on that. So. Um, but yeah, I would like to see them beat Minnesota and Dallas. Um, because then they come back home for some home games after that. Yep. And, um, their Dallas game, I mean, Minnesota, they don't match up well with Golden State, right? They have two essentially lumbering bigs, even though they're, Robert is a good rim protector. They, he can't stay in front of Steph. He can't stay in front of Jordan. Same thing with Carl Anthony Towns. Um, Jaden McDaniels can only guard so many people at once. So I think it's going to be one of those games where Golden State try to turn into a track meet. And, you know, it's just a bad matchup for Minnesota. So they should beat Minnesota. And then Dallas has the Golden State game sandwiched in between four road games. Oh, okay. Um, and that Golden State game will be the third game in four nights. So they – it, it might not be a good one for Dallas and it's a nationally televised game. So maybe Luke is going to go hard, but I don't know about their role players so much. So good opportunity right here, build some momentum, get two road wins, you know, yes, and need just kind of springboard you into just, you know, a nice winning streak right there. All right. I want wins. The only thing about that game against Minnesota is early game. It's an early game. It's oh, 1230 yeah, yeah. for the Warriors. I don't yeah. know if that matters, but it's early. It, it could matter because they got to travel to Minnesota. So travel and then an early game could definitely affect the legs a little bit. But I think they're just building some momentum. You know, they beat the Clippers, who are a decent team, and then they beat Utah, who has been a good team. So they're kind of just building and building. And, you know, like we said, we've been waiting for Jordan to join the party, and he he's kind of – it seems like he's, he's there now. So if they go into anybody's building with Curry – Wiggins, Clay, and Jordan all on on one with on on the offense. It's going to be hard for any team to beat them because they're just going to put up so many points. So let's see. Yeah. All right. I think this is a good point for us to break. 
So you're tuned in to Golden Spaces with Natalie and Justin. We will be right back. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. For all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. We're back. Justin, Nat, Golden Spaces, and Odyssey Original Pod. Justin, how did you enjoy your Thanksgiving? We didn't even talk about that. We just jumped right in. <laughs> oh, it was good. Um, saw a lot of family. Just, you know, good food. So that's always a good time. And Low vibrational you know, plates? Of course. Have to be. Have to be. Not even, not even a question. You know, good chicken. Mac and cheese, yams, greens. Why is it a low vibration? Huh? Why is it a low vibration? It's really not. I don't know why we associate that with low vibration, you know? I mean, guess from that, that video clip that that woman in it, but <laughs> it's really how it's you can't get no <laughs> higher vibrations than that right there. So I don't understand that. But I saw you you posted you? a clip uh, a picture of the your plate. It looks nice. Was there oxtail on that plate? It was oxtail, and I told you. My yeah. dad, you know, he, he hooked it up. We had some um, red snapper, too. You know, how, how we had to put the... It was escaviche fish, or it was... It was escaviche, or it was just, like, how was the snapper? They probably don't know what I mean um, when I say escaviche. Fried, we fried it. Okay. Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah I, saw, I was like, oh, he was right. It was like a mix. Well, of course you're right, but I was like, oh, okay, I see it. It was the mix of American and Jamaican. Yeah, yeah, best of both. Mm. Best of both How about you? It was good. I didn't post any food pics. I've been so lazy. Um, <laughs> I've been so lazy about everything. I didn't even help my mother this year for Thanksgiving. And for those who don't know me or are new to me, I'm actually a really amazing cook. Um, that's not me just like tooting my own horn, but I am a little bit, but I really am. And I love food and I love to cook. Um, and there was a time that I actually used to like post pictures and put up video of food. So um, I have not like, I haven't done a lot lately, but I did not help my mother at all for Thanksgiving, which she said was okay, you know, but now I felt bad, felt bad about it after the fact. So I definitely think I'm gonna go hard for Christmas and 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 help, but um, yeah, food was delicious though, and we didn't like go anywhere. Like we just did our immediate family: me, my mother, my father, and my bro. Although my aunt and cousins and everyone was down the street, my mom was like, "I'm not leaving my house this year." Like they were literally <laughs> right down the street. So I also lost my license, ordered a new one, and then found my license. So I had that. Always how it goes. That's terrible. Terrible. I'm just happy. I I I figured it was in my parents' crib somewhere, but like I needed a license. I just like ordered another one. I just wanted to make sure that like I didn't like lose it somewhere and someone out on the street could have my ID, you know? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let me um stop talking about this and let the people let's uh get back to basketball. Um so Earl, I think it was earlier today, NBA.com's rankings came out for MVP. Was that mm-hmm. was that this morning, Justin? Probably. I think so. Yeah, so um NBA.com rankings are interesting because I I actually had like a whole debate with someone about this before because he's like, that's official. Like I've never seen the person who um NBA.com doesn't have his one win. And I was like, What what are you talking about? Like Ultimately, by the end of the season, we kind of know who's going to be MVP. So that's probably why. But if you look throughout the season, like NBA.com will sometimes have people who have no business even being at the top 
And, you know, to me, I usually just try to pay attention to what actual voters are saying, you know, like the people who vote on MVP award, like that's a better indicator. So every year, I think it's Tim Bontemps, is that how I pronounce it? I think Mm -hmm. he does a straw poll typically. And usually I feel like he's normally done one by now. So I don't know if I missed it Um, because he usually does it pretty early in the season. And then he does it again, like in the second half of the season. Cause last year that was the straw poll that Steph was just winning <laughs> handedly before he like, I don't know, an imposter showed up for the rest of the season <laughs> or for, for, for a chunk of the season. So, um, they haven't done that yet, but that's usually a good indicator of like how the voters are thinking. Now I did hear that like low recently on a podcast. So like, or I don't know if it was low or whoever was on, but on the low post pod, I think whoever he was chatting with that day, they had Steph number one for MVP, like just amongst themselves, which, and that was with the Warriors having like a sub 500 record. So people were taking notice of, of his play. Um, and he's even jumped on NBA.com because I think before they didn't even have him or he wasn't in the top 10, then he was at top 10 and he already jumped to five. So it's clear that Steph is going to be an MVP candidate this year because they were overlooking the record and had him at the top despite the team's record. Yeah, and he should be. Um, I mean, he's been the best player in the league this year. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily a hot take. I don't think that's crazy to say. Um, he has as good an argument as anybody. He probably has a better argument than than everybody at this point. You know, Giannis is kind of has kind of went on a little skid with his uh, shooting percentages, and obviously all the things that he does outside of that is amazing. But when you factor in everything that Steph's doing, um, it's it's ridiculous. So yeah, he should be. He should be number well, Giannis one. Well, isn't a better player than Steph. And, you know, I've always said that. I Like, you know, we've come into the season, people like Giannis is one. You 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 had them, I think, as sort of like a 1A and 1B, but you were always like, you'd always lean Steph, I think. Um, so, but, I mean, you know how I feel. And, you know, people can say I'm biased, but I'm just like, Giannis is great. But I actually, you know... I don't, I, I'm okay with people saying he's the best or I believe they're in the same tier, right? Of player. But, um, I, I think Steph is better than Giannis, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I feel like, you know, but if you say that because we're Warriors fans, it's like, oh, you're biased. But I'm like, come on. Like, really, the reason why y'all keep just saying that Giannis is the best is because physical traits, you know, and, um, I'm not saying that he doesn't like, produce on the court and that he's not impactful he is but a lot of that is still the bias for him being a taller more athletic guy yeah yeah i mean that's the inherent bias for the average you know sports fan period you're always going to think like you know because sports is obviously dominated by athleticism it's athletic activity um so people are going to typically lean towards people that display more athleticism uh but in basketball, it's obviously so many more things that go into it, skill, IQ, things like that. Um, and Steph really has pushed the needle on how far you can extend skill in comparison to guys who are freaks of nature. Um, and you've seen for the better part of, the, of this decade that he's been up there near the top, if not on the top. And the only people that are next to him are 6'8", 6'9", 6'10", 7-foot players. Um, with crazy physical attributes. And then you look on the all-time scales, the things that he's been able to accomplish, the only people that are next to him are people that are 6'8 and above uh, with crazy physical attributes. So I don't think people are, at least on average, are ever going to be like, yeah, Steph is the one, you know, just because of that thing. Um, And it's it's unfortunate, and I think as a whole, when you look at the league, it's more so shifting just more towards, like, skill, high-level skills. Obviously going to be the freak athletes that always stand out because they're that much more athletic than the next guy, but I think you, you even look from the, top of the, from the top of the team all the way down to the role players, skill is shining through more so than ever in the league. So, uh, yeah, Steph is number one right now. I don't think anybody else really has a case. Um, I've made the case 
that at least right now that Tatum should be number one in MVP. Um, I'm, yeah, in the MVP race, just because of where Boston is. And he's also having an amazing season. But I feel like even though he's really having a great season and hopefully he can like maintain it. Cause I think consistency sort of been like one of the knocks against Tatum. Um, like, you know, he can like go off, but I mean, like, would you, if he plays like this the whole year, would you move him into like top five player in the league? Um, Tier one guy or no. Nah, because you you got to see it in the in the playoffs. Like if he does this all the way through to the finals, win or lose, then sure you can put him in there. Um, but I think what separates that tier one guy from the the tiers below is the playoff success, the sustained excellence throughout the playoffs, the elevation of your game in the playoffs, all those type of things. So right now, he's he's shown that he could be that guy in the regular season. We we saw it last year, uh, but he did it for essentially two and a half rounds in the playoffs and then got to the finals in certain games in the Eastern conference finals. And he didn't look like that. So uh, got to put it all together for you to be in that, that tier one. And I think people are waiting for other players to do it as well. Like Embiid, you know, Jokic to a certain extent has to get out of the first round. Uh, I mean, you know, beyond the, the, end, beyond the while but, he's yeah. In, yeah. Beyond the years he did before the year. He well, did they before. only, they only went to the I and yes, I understand there have been injuries to Denver, but they, they only the made bubble. it to the Western Conference Finals in the bubble, right? Right, <laughs> right. Where well, it was Jamal Curry with him, but uh, yeah, he got to do it. Like he he hasn't done it in the year in which he's gotten the MVP. So people are waiting for him to really kind of put that entire season together, and uh, he Tatum and Bead all fall into that that and Luca too kind of fall into that category right there where they just people just waiting to see him put it all together um out of all of those guys though Tatum the advanced metrics don't love Tatum like they're not bad but he doesn't seem to have the same impact as the other guys why is that um his team is loaded <laughs> that's like an easy answer right you look at on offs and stuff like that like the celtics i'm pretty sure are still winning their minutes when he's off the court and you know if he's a plus 10 while he's on the court but his bench is plus three then you know his his on offs aren't going to look that crazy his advanced and impact measures aren't going to look that crazy whereas if you see a guy like Jokic, who is a plus 10 or a plus 12 when he's on the court but his bench is so bad and and kind of like this for Steph this year too. His bench is so bad that his bench is like a negative thirteen. So his on off is like a plus twenty five, and it jumps off the page. Like oh my god, they're so much better with him on the court, which is true. But it's because his bench is just horrible, right? And and Tatum's bench is great. Uh, so I'm thinking that plays a part into it too. And you know, there's just certain certain aspects of his game that just aren't as impactful as the top, top guys in the league, like Steph's gravity, his shooting ability, just adds a different dynamic to the game than, than Tatum can, like, ever Or Jokic's, Jokic's passing. Jokic's passing, the way he moves the ball so quickly. Um, and then he's obviously a, a three-level scorer and stuff like that. So Luka, with his passing as well and his his scoring ability and how many double teams he draws, uh, it's just certain certain levels to the game that I don't think Tatum has quite reached yet as far as his impact on other teams' defenses. And that's probably another reason why his impact numbers don't look quite the same as other guys. Which is why I always kind of like scoff at the idea that just being a two-way player in itself is one of the reasons why Steph can't be in those conversations. Well, aside from the fact that he does play defense and people like just don't give him credit. It's like, Mm -hmm. yes, but like he impacts the game more than some of those guys who are quote unquote two-way players. Right. And so um, Mm -hmm. it's always interesting for me to see because that always kind of stands out to me with, um, with uh, Tatum or even like a player like Booker, which is why like last year for, um, for first team, like people were like it should have been Stefan Luca or whoever. Like people felt strongly that Luca should have been in it. 
I'm someone, I think I mentioned this before, I give a lot of credence to like team wins. So I felt like Devin Booker was the best player on his team. They were top of the standings. I, I felt like he deserved it and he played well, but he's another one where like his impact isn't quite the same. Um, but I just thought that Steph should have been the other person. So it's always interesting though, for me to like, look at, like, I kind of look at the advanced metrics to me to separate like the tier one guys to some mm-hmm. of the others who may put up like those like gaudy stats, but I'm like, yeah, but they're not as good. That's usually like how I um separate, but I also know that like advanced stats can be misleading. So I want to break them down a little bit the way we just did. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, just like all stats, you got to add context to them and, and try to put the pieces together as to why the information looks the way it does. And then you can kind of paint the whole picture when you get all that information together and just really form a, you know, informed opinion on a player. Uh, but numbers, numbers do not lie. There's a lot of stats that people don't agree with, but it's literally just a presentation of data. Right. Right. So at the end of the day, if you are trying to interpret it a certain way and it's coming out to you and it's looking a little funky, then maybe you should look at it a different way. Um, So that's just how my that's my broad opinion on advanced stats and all that whole debate that people keep trying to get into is like (laughs) literally just numbers like. Right. So it's just how you how you look at them. Mm hmm. All right, so we expect after the next two games, the Warriors will be two games above 500, right, Justin? Two games above 500 out of non-play-in. <laughs> they will at least be in the play-in. I think they'll be six or above uh, with that with those two wins because other teams will drop down. So, yeah, it'll be, be 12 and 10 much. at that point. That's what we expect. Right. They'll be All 12 right. and 10. All right. I think I need to go to my bed. So we're going to wrap tonight. <laughs> Anything else you want to get in, Justin, before we conclude? Um, No. Uh, good game from all four of our scores. Hopefully that can continue. Even Looney had 10 points. So Yeah. <laughs> really good team yeah. win tonight. Great team win. Great balance, all that. All right, guys. You know the drill. Um, send us some questions. GSW Spaces, that's our email, gswspaces at gmail.com. Follow us. Um, our handle is Golden Spaces Pod on all social platforms. And also make sure you're subscribed and following the podcast, downloading it. We appreciate it. Send us some reviews. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I rated the show before when it was on that, but now it's Golden Spaces and it's Nat and Justin. So, um, you can't necessarily re um re-rate, um, but you can give us a review if you haven't, and we'd love the feedback. So please go ahead and do that, but only if it's good, okay? And only if it's five stars. <laughs> Thanks. Right. <laughs> five stars. <baby. laughs> Enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend and your time with your family, and we will be back. I think on Sunday, well, really Monday will be the episode, but we'll probably record after the next game. So take care, guys. Enjoy the weekend. Until next time.